Hi everyone, I'm Camille Villafuerte, an investment advisor of BPI, and welcome to another episode of Wealth Watchers. We saw a rebound in all investments in November, especially in equities, as investors pick up stocks on sale. Moreover, the US dollar-Philippine peso exchange rate has dropped to as low as 55.45 in the past trading days. Despite recent positive developments, Challenges remained with PH November inflation reaching 8%, the highest in the last 14 years. For today's episode, let's discuss the recent economic and market events and what investors should look forward to in 2023. We recently held a webinar about these market events, so tune in as we listen to Daz Mercado, one of our investment analysts, as he tackles these topics. Hi, Camille. Uh, thanks for inviting me here. Uh, hello to all our listeners. Okay, Das, let's start right away. Tell us about what happened to investments recently. Well, good news. Uh, in the month of November, we saw positive returns in all asset classes. like Fixed income, equities, local and global, all are positive for the month. Meanwhile, the US dollar, Philippine peso exchange rate went down. Uh, to 56.56 by the end of November. So recall that it went to as high as 59 in October. And for the first weeks of December, we saw mixed results. Uh, Fixed income are still doing good, uh, while we saw some declines in equities after their strong rebound in October and November. And the dollar peso exchange rate continued to reverse, trading at 55.37 as of uh, December 9. So there's a lot uh, that we can talk about here. So where where do you want to start? Yeah, what sticks out to me is the strong gains in equities, Das. So what caused this rebound? Is it just because markets had fallen significantly and investors thought it's worth to pick up the battered stocks? Mm, Not necessarily, Uh, but but definitely uh, that sentiment had an impact to the rebound. And to explain this, we have to understand why stocks had fallen since the start of the year. Stocks had fallen year to date because of the very swift rise in central bank policy rates in the U.S. and around the world uh, in response to decades high inflation. And for our local equities, the trend of depreciating peso, uh, which hit a record high, had also compelled foreign investors to exit from our market. So despite the surge in inflation, Uh, U.S. and Philippine economies had proven resilient. GDP announcements and estimates uh, exceeded economists' expectations, causing the shift to favor equities uh, or equity market in October and November. And another positive development is um, the recent correction in commodity prices. If you've been to gasoline stations recently, you've probably noticed how low diesel and gasoline prices are compared to two to three months ago. Don't get me wrong, prices are still high, uh, but they have materially eased from their peak. And as these commodity prices move lower, the expectation is that prices of other goods and services and overall inflation should follow. And another factor is the central bank policy rates. In the past monetary policy meetings of the U.S. Central Bank or the, the Fed, 
they've been raising Paul series by 75 basis points or 0.75%. And uh, in recent months, there were signals from the Fed officials and from the minutes of their previous meeting that it is now appropriate to slow down the rate hikes moving forward. And indeed, yesterday, the Fed raised policy rates by 50 basis points as expected. So from a range of 3.75% to 4% to 4.25% to 4.5%. All right. But before you continue, Daz, so inflation levels have been elevated and central banks are forced to raise policy rates. But higher policy rates can slow down economic growth. Mm -hmm. Now that the Fed is starting to moderate the rate hikes, this has improved sentiments for equities. Is that correct? Yes, that's, that, that's accurate. Uh, the cause of worry since the start of the year is that central banks may raise policy rates too much, which may cause not just economic slowdowns, but potentially recessions. Uh, in the U.S., economists uh, put the probability of recession at 60% currently. So the slower rate hikes from the Fed not only help improve the sentiment for equities, but also change the trajectory of the U.S. dollar. It's been weakening uh, in the past months. Uh, that's why we've seen the peso strengthen. And as the U.S. dollar weaken, some investors are selling their U.S. dollars and their money have to go somewhere else. And some of these went to emerging market countries like the Philippines. That's why in November, we saw some inflows in the local equity market, which helped the market rebound to above uh, 6,500 level. So fundamentally, uh, this, the strong corporate earnings results in the third quarter also boosted sentiment. In the third quarter, uh, local companies posted 45% growth in income or earnings. And for the first nine months, business earnings were up by 34%. And due to this recovery, companies are now earning 8% above their pre-pandemic level. And this is in line with how the overall economy performed. In the third quarter, Philippine economy rose by 7.6%, uh, significantly higher than expectations. And for the first nine months of this year, Philippine economy rose by 7.7%. So as of the third quarter, the economy was already 2.7% above pre-pandemic level. So next question to this is, can the rally in equities be sustained? We've seen some declines already in December. So um, here, investors can uh, continue to expect market volatility. What is important is that investors take a long-term view with a 10 or 20 year investment horizons. Over that period, we view positive growth trends for the global and domestic economies in which earnings of publicly listed companies are expected to be major beneficiaries. Hence, time in the market overcomes short-term volatilities. Nonetheless, in the short term, uh, some signs are pointing to a looming US and Europe recession. In Europe, uh, the probability of recession is placed at 80% as the region is more directly affected by the Russia-Ukraine war, especially its high level of reliance for its energy supply from Russia. So on inflation, we are still not out of the woods here. Uh, commodity prices have fallen, but they are still high. And these will continue to spill over to other goods and services. Coal prices 
are still elevated, which can still fuel higher electricity costs. Um, meanwhile, the, the U.S. labor market remains tight, uh, with wages rising by 5% year-on-year in November. Uh, job openings as of October was at 10.3 million, far exceeding the 6 million jobless people. So hence, there's 1.7 jobs for every one unemployed person in the U.S. So this situation, if this continues, can put more pressure on wages to move higher and can further fuel inflation. But what's probably good to highlight is in local equities. Uh, We are constructive on local equities next year amidst the continued recovery in corporate earnings and the local economy. So despite a potential recession globally, we we think the Philippine economy can grow by at least 5% next year. Fundamentally, the the local economy and companies have been improving significantly, and we think that can continue. What has driven and can further drive the market rally is if foreign investors come back in a big way. Hopefully, uh, we continue to get inflows from investors uh, moving away from the U.S. dollar uh, and U.S. investments. But again, uh, as always, there are risks locally. Inflation in the Philippines is still on an uptrend uh, at 8% in November, the highest in 14 years. Uh, moreover, the, the challenging outlook in the U.S. and Europe can affect investor sentiment here. And another issue of foreign investors is the exchange rate volatility. Uh, it's good that we're seeing uh, some strengthening of the peso recently, but the Philippines is still expected to report current account deficits, uh, which, which makes the peso more vulnerable to shocks. So current account deficit means we're importing more than we are exporting plus OFW remittances. So it was not too long ago when the PSEI traded below 6,000 level. Uh, so we expect significant volatility in the PSEI, especially as the volume of trade, trades are, are thin. And that's why you see in the past trading days, the PSEI moving up 2-3%, down 2-3% to in a single day. So again, we are constructive on local equities. In terms of how we look at the markets uh, at the moment, we don't think there's a need to rush uh, in picking up local stocks. Investors should should continue in the regular additions to equities, uh, employing cost averaging techniques. For now, we're still more into fixed income investments than equities. Uh, We are taking advantage of the high bond yields that we are seeing. Wow, that's a very comprehensive discussion, Das. Now that you mentioned uh, fixed income, tell us more about the developments in this space. Uh, we saw in your slide and we saw positive returns in November and in the first weeks of December. Yeah, that's right. So fixed income investments did well. Um, all of these are connected. Uh, we talked about commodity prices falling, uh, which can help ease inflation pressures. Uh, and also a slowdown in policy rate hikes. And given these, uh, bond yields slightly moved lower and allowed us to to book price gains in fixed income. And just so everyone is on the same page, when bond yields decline, prices move up. And when bond yields move up, prices decline. So there's an inverse relationship uh, between bond yields and bond prices. So um, what's your outlook on yields and any guidance you can share for investors looking at fixed income? Yeah, sure. Uh, when we look at fixed income, 
uh, we see yields much higher than what we've seen in the past decade. Uh, while returns were underwhelming year-to-date, investors must be able to recognize that the, the opportunity that this provides. A five-year Philippine government bond can, can give you a 6.5% yield. In the past 10 years, the same security can, can give you only 4% yield on average. So this is why, as of now, we're more comfortable in taking positions in fixed income to secure higher yields and income for portfolios. And in terms of our outlook on on yields, upside risks to yields can still come from potential inflation risks, uh, especially in the Philippines, we're still on an uptrend. Higher policy rates uh, and continued aggressive financing requirements from the government. Nonetheless, as we've been saying for the past couple of months, there is room for long-term investors to add positions in long-term bonds to lock in the high bond yields that we are seeing now. All right. Thank you, Des, for giving us a good review of the markets for the month of November and the first weeks of December. So at this point, I think we have some time to answer some questions from our audience. Um, for the first question, what's your view on the U.S. dollar Philippine peso exchange rate? Sure. So our official view is for the USD peso exchange rate to be around 56 uh, in 2022 and 2023. So not too far from where we are today. So depreciation pressures on the peso are, are seen to subside uh, going into 2023, but highly contingent on the next moves uh, of the U.S. Fed. So these forecasts uh, hinge on a view that the U.S. Fed will materially cut rates in the second half of next year as they experience an economic slowdown or recession. At that time, the Fed can be faced with the challenge of choosing between maintaining high policy rates to make sure inflation pressures continue to weaken and cutting policy rates to save the U.S. economy and American jobs. So far, the Fed has signaled that policy rates in the U.S. will remain high at above 5%. By the end of 2023. However, it will be clearer once we see the econo- economic situation by the middle of 2023. Uh, I'm sure the Fed will continue to be data dependent, uh, looking at inflation, economic growth, uh, jobs data, etc. So there's a lot of uncertainty on what can happen next year, which can significantly affect the BSP policy rate and the USD peso exchange rate view. So overall, um, while most currencies are expected to potentially strengthen or slightly depreciate next year due to a potential Fed pivot or a change in tone from, from the Fed, we note that risks coming from the elevated current account deficit of the Philippines are still present. And given this backdrop, uh, the Philippines may continue to be an underperformer relative to peers. So it's important to note that the, the BSP, uh, is forecasting the current account deficit to remain significant at $20.5 billion in 2022 and $19.9 billion in 2023. So compare these to the $6 billion deficit in 2021. So demand for imports will likely continue to be strong uh, amid recovery of the local economy. Meanwhile, exports and remittances are also expected to grow but at a slower pace compared to imports amid a global growth slowdown. So in the near term, uh, the peso uh, may stabilize uh, or appreciate due to the easing of global oil prices and uh, seasonal 
increase in OFW remittances ahead of the Christmas holidays. However, we note that it is also possible to see some correction once remittances start to win uh, at the end of the year. Nice. Thanks, Das. Um, next question. Um, will the BSP continue to hike rates? And um, can you expound more on this? Yeah, sure. So the BSP uh, just raised pulse rates by 50 basis points yesterday uh, in, line with, in line with the Fed. So as of now, uh, we are of the view that the BSP will continue raising rates as local inflation remain on uh, an uptrend. Uh, we think inflation in December can go higher than the 8% in November. So there's reason for the BSP to continue hiking rates. So overall, it, it will depend on the U.S. Fed. Uh, the consensus recently is that the Fed will continue raising rates until the second quarter of 2023 to about 5%, uh, assuming the BSP uh, will maintain a policy rate of 1% above the Fed. We can see the BSP policy rate reaching 6% or more by the middle of next year. And uh, in the second half of the year, next year, uh, there's wide range of views. Uh, on the Fed policy rates. Uh, and as I've said, uh, at that time, the Fed can be faced with the challenge of choosing between uh, maintaining high policy rates to control inflation and cutting policy rates to save the economy. And probably that's something that we can talk about uh, as we reach that point. Yeah. Okay, another question. And should we worry about this, Das? Will there be a recession in the Philippines? Uh, the straight answer to this, uh, we don't think a recession will happen in the Philippines next year. Uh, globally, uh, it is expected that economies will slow down, uh, not necessarily a recession, as central banks uh, raise policy rates. Higher policy rates can help temper demand uh, by encouraging people to save rather than spend and by making borrowing more costly. Uh, we can say the slowdown in economies next year is deliberate. But the worry is some economies might undergo a recession. In the Philippines, uh, we don't think we will be in a recession next year. BPI forecasts uh, Philippine economy to grow by 5.6% in 2023. And we have the same view that the economy will experience a slowdown, but still post a solid growth rate. So there are challenges ahead of us, uh, aside from higher policy rates affecting demand. Uh, such as inflation. We, we think prices can continue to go up as higher raw material costs flow into other goods and services. Of course, higher prices uh, affect household demand. Uh, another is from global growth slowdown because we export to other countries. So if, if the, the demand is weak, our exports will also be weak. And probably another notable factor is the limited fiscal space. Uh, so the current administration is currently implementing a fiscal consolidation plan wherein they plan to reduce our debt metrics uh, because we borrowed a lot since the pandemic. So the budget next year of about 5.3 trillion pesos is just slightly higher than this year. Uh, not like before when we see double-digit increases in the budget. So this limited budget will have lesser effect to economic growth next year. So despite all these headwinds, we think the Philippine economy can, can still grow adequately next year, primarily from people getting more comfortable going outside. We think spending for transportation, restaurants, hotels, and recreation will drive the economic growth next year. So these factors were the drivers this year, 
but that momentum can continue next year as restrictions are further relaxed and tourism activities rebound, including from foreign tourists. So recall that in August of this year, uh, the school year began with public schools returning to face-to-face classes after two years. So the economy expanded due to increased spending from children physically going to and from school, buying uniforms and school supplies, and getting food outside. Moreover, wearing of uh, face masks was declared voluntary in most places. So these steps taken uh, to make our lives back to normal make Filipinos more comfortable going out, leading to more spending for restaurants, hotels, etc. So these incremental spending have boosted and will continue to boost jobs recovery and household income, supporting the overall economic growth. So I hope I was able to answer the question. Yeah, all good. That's very clear. And um, if we could hear some more guidance from you. So um, what are the top three investment lessons or key takeaways from what happened in 2022? Sure. Um, Okay. Uh, Three lessons or takeaways this year. Uh, First is that crisis and bear markets are inevitable. There's no formula as to when it can happen and for how long. In, in the past 90 years, based on the U.S. stock market data, there were about 20 years of bear markets uh, wherein investments declined for a sustained period of time. While the rest are categorized as bull markets wherein investments are on the rise. Uh, it was only two to three years ago since the onset of the pandemic where we saw huge market declines. But now we're in another bear market. So this is something that investors have to accept. Volatilities, bear markets are inherent uh, when we're investing. And number two, nobody correctly predicted what happened this year. In fact, the consensus expectations are so far from what happened. At the start of the year, economists expected U.S. inflation to average uh, 4%, but now it looks like it will average at above 7%. Philippine inflation. I was expected to average 3%, but it looks like it will average just below 6%. Then policy rates in the U.S., economists had forecasted the upper range of the U.S. policy rate at 0.75% by the end of the year. But now it's already at 4.5%. So imagine how far those numbers are versus what actually happened. Uh, But to be fair, uh, there were unexpected events that happened this year. Uh, like the Russia-Ukraine war. So nobody could have predicted that. Uh, So this sparked a a spike in commodity prices, which pushed inflation even higher. So what we can learn from this is that what can happen next year can be materially different from what we are expecting now. It's really difficult to correctly predict what can happen in the short term. That's why it's important to have a long-term view. And lastly, market downturns provide opportunities. Of course, we can't guarantee anything, but we think investments can post positive returns next year. If inflation continues to decline next year, this can ease pressure on central banks to raise policy rates. Uh, This can cause bond yields to move lower and prices to move higher. But in case yields stay where they are, we are still expecting to get higher return from the high bond yields we're getting. Um, 
Sentiment for global equities may be challenged next year due to economic slowdown and potential recession in major economies such as the U.S. and Europe. Uh, in the Philippines, we think we will not be in a recession. Corporate earnings can continue to recover, uh, which can help improve sentiment locally. So this year, 2022, we are faced with painful market correction with rebounds in October and November. But investors are understandably fearful and doubtful of adding money into the market. But history shows us that investments placed during the worst correction yielded higher returns. Like at the onset of the pandemic uh, in March 2022, the Philippine global equity markets fell by 30 to 40% from their levels at the start of the year. And investments made at that time gained 50% by year-end 2020. And during the global financial crisis, uh, an investment made when global equities plunged by 40% in March 2009 uh, from, from the peak uh, gave a return of 70% by the end of 2009. Meantime, the Philippine equity rose by more than 200% from the bottom in March 2009 to year-end 2013. So while market rebounds from recent crisis were quick, uh, investors had to endure a more challenging market environment during the Asian financial crisis and the dot-com bubble in the late 1990s and the early 2000s. So bear markets lasted for three to six years uh, with indices falling by 40 to 70%. So it took about four years before markets recovered to their pre-crisis level. So of course, historical returns are not indicative of future returns. Uh, there was a time uh, when interest rates were double digits, so returns were much higher back then than what we can anticipate moving forward. Nonetheless, we expect a positive wealth effect from investing. So there are gains to be made even in today's markets. But investor success can be improved by implementing uh, investment principles that have worked through time. Diversification investing regularly, and having a long-term view. That's it. Thank you very much, Daz, for answering all of our questions for today. So thank you, Camille, uh, for having me. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and to all our listeners. So there you have it. To our listeners, we hope that wherever you are in the world, you are safe, happy, and comfortable. We hope you tune in to our next episode here on Wealth Watchers. As we continue to monitor the movements of the markets, watch out for signs of recovery, and help you navigate these markets, especially during this volatile period. If you have any questions, send us an email at bpi underscore asset underscore management at bpi.com.ph. Again, my name is Camille Villafuerte, and thanks for tuning in to Wealth Radio. Growing wealth made easy. BPI Asset Management is regulated by Banco Central ng Pilipinas.